Good evening and welcome to Tuesday Night Live. Thank you for joining in and being a part of this ministry time. I count it such an honor and a privilege to be called into the ministry as a servant of God, to bring life, hope, and encouragement from the Word of God to you. Now, I want to tell you that we sometimes do these lives, sometimes they're recorded, but they are live when we do them. And I believe whether they're recorded or it's live, the same anointing is always upon the broadcast when it goes forward. You know, I was watching someone on YouTube the other night, or yesterday actually, and I looked and that was recorded over six months ago. Not mine, but it was someone else's. And the word was fresh, the anointing was powerful. God's just ministered to me through this minister. So it doesn't matter, the word of God is alive. <clears throat> it's active and it's sharper than a two-edged sword. Then the Bible says, in Isaiah 55, 10 and 11, as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven does not return there but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud and provides seed for the sower and bread for the eater. He said, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return unto me void, but it will accomplish that that I please and prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So as I speak God's word to you this evening, I pray that the word of God will bring life and encouragement and strength to you just as much as food brings strength to you or when you have some kinds of uh, juice or something of that nature to, to give you nutrients and strength. I pray that the Word of God that comes out of my mouth will minister to you and bring life to you. I believe that God's Word will never, never return void. Sometimes we don't see it come to pass exactly when we want it to come to pass. But one of the things that is important to do is just keep speaking God's Word and not allow death to be in our mouth. You know, I, I've talked so many times, you hear other ministers talking about it. Our words are so important. Proverbs says that there's death and life in the power of our words. And so, to me today, what I say to you on this broadcast when I go off of the air, when I'm speaking to my loved ones, my friends, my family, it's important that I don't say one thing here in front of people and then go home and then say something totally different or negative. I want my words to be the words of life, the words of God, the words that are good. I don't have to tell you you already know that we're living in times that we need the comfort of the Holy Spirit. We need to understand God's Word. 
and rely on the fact that God's Word says He will never leave us nor forsake us, but He will go with us to the end of the world. So no matter what you or I face, God's Word has given us an avenue, a path, that if we'll stay in that path, it may be sooner or later that we'll have the answer. You know, I, I often say this, and, and it's sometimes not the size of the storm. Oh, you know, sizes of storms are important, you know, when they're big and rough and they can tear things up in their path. Well, the same thing happens to us personally. So when the storms of life come, sometimes it's not the storm itself, but it's the length of its storm. It just seems to continue and continue and continue. That's when our patience is tried. That's when our mind wants to uh, begin to wander away and, and begin to wonder Am I doing the right things and get your thoughts patterns in the wrong place? But I want to encourage you. Let's just come to the throne of grace right now and ask God to help us with our thoughts. Let's pray and ask God to help us that our thinking, that our words, you know, to me, thinking is so important. What you think is what you're going to say. And so today, I want you to come with me into the throne of grace. Wherever you are, come with me now into the throne of grace. Father, we come to you now. And we know that what we think is so important. Because we know our decisions are based on what we're thinking on most. And I pray, Lord, those that have fearful thoughts, those that have grown weary, those that feel like they're just numb, those that feel like they're standing on the outside, feeling like they're almost helpless, somehow let your life and your peace and your joy begin to flow into them so that as we progress in this time of ministry, you will speak to them in a way, God, that will cause them, you'll speak to them in a way with calm, with peace, restoration, joy, life, where they'll hold their head up and not put their head down. Yes, Jesus, you're the healer. You're the deliverer. And we look upon you. We behold you as our Savior and our Lord this very moment. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your glory, and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You know, I want to spend a few minutes here talking to you about decisions you know decisions determine 
our tomorrow. What we decide today, when we wake up tomorrow, we will have ordered that many times in our path. And so, as I take just a few minutes to talk to you about decisions, how you make them, why you make them, I believe that God will help you to learn how to make decisions in faith. You know, as I often talk about our emotions, you know, we're all emotional beings and even though we get full of God's Word, full of God's love, when we face major decisions, we can't allow our emotions to get so strong that we make emotional decisions rather than the decisions of faith. You know, sometimes you're standing there and you've got choices to make and you don't know which choice to make. But if you make a choice, that choice should be made in peace. Sometimes we have deadlines or we have a, a timeline that a decision must be made, yes or no. And sometimes the closer you get to that decision, maybe the, the greater the emotion is. But today, I want to ask God to calm your emotions and bring you into a peace to where you can make decisions that will bring good results to your life, that your tomorrow will be better you know, right now, in our nation, right now, in our world, government leaders are making decisions. That's affecting you and emotion, you and me emotionally. You know, when I go to the pumps, gas pumps, and I see just in days, gasoline prices per gallon has gone up so much. I never dreamed a year ago that I would be, you and I would be paying over, way over $4 a gallon for a gal gallon of gasoline. Who would have dreamed that? Now, we had no control over the people in government that's making these decisions or allowing these decisions to be made because of the decisions they have made. See what decisions does? When one person makes a decision, how many people does it affect? When you make a decision, how many people does it affect? You know, Joshua said, in verse 20, chapter 24, verse 15, he said, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now I know that was the Old Testament but I also know that when it says, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm saying, even though we're in a time when 
people are making decisions that I, I, I'm emotional when I go to the pump, gas pump, and pull that gas pump out and put it into my car, and it's way over $4 a gallon. I'm emotional about that. I mean, I can't change it other than when the election term comes, I can vote for the right people. But that, you know, sometimes the right people we think we're voting for, and obviously, I, I don't want to get into this in a, in a big manner because I want to stay with ministry t tonight. But the people that are running the country right now, what they're allowing to take place and what it's doing to us, you know, as gas prices goes up, food prices goes up, rent goes up, homes goes up, materials goes up, because everything has to be shipped. One way or the other, it has to be shipped. It has to be taken to its destination. So I'm not putting fear in your heart, but what I'm talking about, I'm saying make a decision that Jesus is Lord and that you're going to trust Him in every situation. My wife and I, 60 years ago, Yes, 60 years ago, we made a decision that we were going to serve the Lord, that we were going to tithe. Well, first of all, we made a decision that we were going to love God no matter what come, no matter what happens, we're going to love God. Secondly, we're going to love each other. Well, God gave me such a beautiful, beautiful wife, not just physically, but inside, to stand with me and stand beside me, pray with me, believe God with me. In tough times, she was there. She didn't leave me. She didn't run away. And then thirdly, we decided and made a decision and a decree to God and to ourselves that we'd always be a tither and a giver. But you know, I mentioned this in a service not long ago. There was times we slept in our car. There was times we slept under the tent because when I was a tent evangelist, a time we stayed in places that my wife and I neither one wanted to stay in, but that's all we could afford. But you know, during those times, when we had very little coming in, we never stopped tithing and we never stopped giving. I believe too, this is very crucial right now in the time we're living, when we're facing extreme inflation. 30, 30-year high, things has never escalated this quickly. I don't remember an escalation in inflation, and I'm not trying to put fear in your heart. I'm just trying to bring you peace and tell you that we've got to look up on Jesus. You know, John 1:29. John said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. 
This is the time to look upon the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Great I Am. Embrace Him with all of our mind and with all of our heart. Not look at the right, not look at the left, not listen to the wrong voices, but to go to the Word of God. I'm so glad for the Word of God. You know, the Word of God will bring life to you. Now, we all have to make decisions every day. And sometimes, let me ask you a question. Have you ever made a decision you regretted? Have you ever put off making a decision and you stayed in indecision? And it seems like you... But when you're in indecision, you're, you're still making a decision not to make a decision. And so it's important that we make the right decisions every day. Have you ever made a decision that you looked at and said, I'd, I'd give anything if I hadn't made that decision? Do you recall a decision you made that looking back, you're thrilled that you made that choice? You know, I look at decisions this way. Some are huge. Some decisions that I've made, I like to talk about this. Because I can look back in my life and see major decisions and that had so much effect on my future. I was speaking with someone on the phone last evening and I made a decision. When someone asked me years ago, they asked me years ago to go to this place to speak. I didn't go for a, a while. This person called a friend of mine and said we really feel like Don Clowers needs to come to our place and minister and I can't get him to come so this friend called me and told me about this and said why don't you go there to minister I, I, I don't know why that I had not accepted that invitation because it was a someone that was a good person. So I went, I, I called up the person after my friend had talked to me and I said, okay, I'll go, I'll come. I went there for three days. In that third day, I met someone that was beginning in the ministry. This person was beginning in the ministry and they came to me and said, I've been ministered to in the three days you were here. and I know God's hand and God's anointing is on your life, and I want you to pray for me because God's called me to go around the world and minister the gospel of Jesus Christ. Would you lay hands on me and pray for me that God would ordain me, anoint me, and give me favor, and that I'll be faithful to do what He wants me to do. I said, are you praying that way? This person said, yes, I am. Well, you know, I prayed with that person. 
And that person today is on television all over the world ministering the Word of God. That person is writing books and has written over 120 successful books for the ministry and for people's health. So many millions have been helped by these people. That one decision that I made was at the time I didn't know a major or a huge decision that didn't really affect me at the time that much but meeting this person and that person and I have ministered together and we've been friends for many years that's how a decision can affect you that's how a decision could affect you it can either bring blessings or it can bring pain and hurt and sorrow. And how many times have we got into the flesh and into the emotion and made the wrong choice? Well, you know that person, I can't take credit or I don't try to take credit for anything this person has done for God. But I was there that moment to pray with that person and if I had not been there, there would not been that connection that I have now to be able to pick up the phone at any time and call this person. They talk to me. Many times this person has asked me for advice. Many times this person has asked me to pray with them and still does. And so having this person in my life has been very very helpful from time to time. It's just, I, I can't get into all the things, but decisions and choices we make daily affect us many times for the rest of our life. And so I want you to understand today that God loves you so much. God loves you so much. God cares about you so much. And when we get ready to make a decision, we need to make the decisions not based on how we feel, but based on what's right. Based on what's right. You know, sometimes people have addictions that they seemingly can't control. And they try to hide those addictions. They're making a decision, people that are addicted, sometimes the addiction is so controlling over their minds and their thoughts that they make a decision to follow the addiction. Somebody may be listening to me right now. You may be a kind, gentle, good person. You may have prayed the prayer of salvation. You may even be a minister of the gospel. Ministers get addicted to certain different things. I mean, we're all human. It doesn't matter whether you're male, female, preacher, attorney, doctor, truck driver, worship leader, whatever you may be. We're all humans. 
I have emotions and I have feelings. And you know what? Addiction is a terrible thing. Fortunately, I have not been addicted to any substance. I pray I'm addicted to Jesus. I pray that I have addiction to crave Him and desire Him and want Him and seek Him more every day. I want to be like Jesus. I want Him to be in me. I don't, I don't want to just walk with Jesus' side. I want you to see Jesus walking and living in me. That's what I, I want to say that again. I don't want to just walk with Jesus, but I want you and people around me to see Jesus walking in me. And so if you're addicted to something that's not the Word of God, something that's not doing right, don't keep making the decision. Go to somebody. Be honest with somebody. Pour your heart out. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. In the world, you, you, you may have done great things, made a lot of money. In the ministry, you may have done a lot of things. But you know what? All of those things don't matter. What matters is where are you headed? Where are you going? Is an Are you giving in, making a decision to give in to the addiction every day? Or are you giving in to say, God, I need your help. I can't do this on my own. Wow. I sense God's power and God's anointing right now. Speaking to someone. You've been so confused. You've been so troubled. You've been so troubled. But I want to tell you. Right there, right now, God's goodness and glory can flow upon you. What is it that you need broken this very moment so you can make a right decision to do the right thing? You know, how many times has someone let a voice get in their ear made the wrong choice spent time with the wrong person and allowed that to take them in to a wrong choice with that person maybe causing a breakup in a marriage and you know when a minister makes a, a bad choice it's he or she gives in to their emotions and they have people that's trusting them and believing in them. Look at the pain it causes people because that person makes a choice to do what their flesh wants rather than what God wants. We all go through situations and times and I don't point my finger at anyone. I don't point my finger at anyone. I had no idea this was going to go this direction. <laughs> you know, I just 
am praying today that someone will hear the voice of God. Let me just ask you right now. Would you just turn, turn your eyes on Jesus? Right now, right now, and just say, Jesus, I need to know you're holding my hand. I need to know you're showing me what to do. I need to know that you're giving me peace. Somehow you're bringing me through this struggle. Might be family matters. Might be health in your body. You've just been so beat down. Let me ask you. Would you do this? Turn your eyes upon of this earth goes strangely in the light of His glory and grace just turn your eyes on Him Wonderful, wonderful face. And the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and His grace. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Somebody, somebody, you're looking on Jesus. Somebody is looking up. Somebody is being delivered. Somebody is being delivered. Somebody has having the chains to be broken. Somebody is having the yokes destroyed right now. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> oh, yes. Turn your eyes upon This world will grow strangely in the light of His glory and grace. 
See, when you look through His light, when you look through His grace, all the things I've mentioned, inflation, politics, wars and rumors of wars, and when we look into the face of Jesus, they grow strangely dim. Instead of them being bright, instead of them controlling our thoughts, we're looking into the face of Jesus. We're looking into the eyes of Jesus. We're looking into the Word of God. And when we look into the Word of God, we see through the eyes of Jesus. We see through the eyes of the Word of God instead of our emotions and our natural circumstances. So I want to tell you today, somebody, somebody has touched I see it. I see it in the Spirit. It's been just like the little woman that had an issue of blood. When she said, if I could just touch the tassels of his prayer shawl. If I could just touch the tassels of his prayer shawl or the hem of his garment. If I could just touch it. Somebody is touching right now. Somebody is touching that place in the spirit you're reaching out your faith is touching God and deliverance has come somebody you've been bound by this addiction for a long time God's doing a work today God's doing a work today thank you Lord thank you Lord well well He said, if my words abide in you, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done. What is it that you need God to do most? What is it that you need God to do most? Make that right choice right now. Make that right choice right now. You know, sometimes people are lost and they just start making wrong decisions and bad decisions. I heard a story, I I don't know whether it's truth or not, but it... If it's, a, if it's a parable, then it's a great parable. If it's not the truth, it's a great one. It was about a woman in Colorado. She was lost in a snowstorm. She didn't know which way to go. <clears throat> and all at once she saw lights and she saw this big snow plow. And the snow plow was moving the snow aside. And she said, well... Since I'm lost, I know this snowplow, the person in there, they'll take me to a place where I can find my bearings. So she followed the snowplow and it went to a certain place and it made a U-turn and turned around and came back. Well, this happened three times. Go up the hill, make the U-turn, turn around, go down the hill, go back. Finally, the third time, the driver of the truck got out and said to the person following, walked back to the person following, looked and saw a woman. He said, lady, 
What are you doing? She said, I'm following. I'm lost and I'm following you. He said, well, I'm sorry. You're going nowhere. I'm just plowing my driveway. See, how many times do we follow the wrong things? If you're lost, if Satan has beat you up, if Satan has worn you down, don't give in. Don't give in. You know, God is always there. You know, Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19, I call heaven and earth to record this day that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your seed may live. It's not always easy to make the right choice. But as I was about to say earlier, we make decisions that affect our whole life. I'll go back to where I preached this one time. And I met this person 40 years ago. 40 years ago, I met this person. And it has affected my life in many different ways by the relationship with this person. I can look back and tell you stories. You know, I remember, as I said, major decisions. Now, I didn't know that one was going to be a major decision in my life. But I do remember when I had major decisions to make. I can count them on my hands. One was giving my heart and life to Jesus. It was the greatest and best decision ever made in my life. Secondly was to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. With the evidence of speaking in tongues where God gave me a prayer language that I could pray in the Spirit. Accepting my call. I was called before I met my wife. So that was the second or the third most important decision in my life. Saying, yes, I'll preach the gospel. Then the next decision, major decision in my life was to say yes when God gave me this wife. Everybody has not had what I've had in a wife. Everyone has not had the same in a husband. My wife and I are extremely blessed because we remained in love with God. We've kept our vow to each other. We've kept our vow to tithe and give. And somehow, no matter what it looks like, God always supernaturally comes on the scene and meets our need. He'll do the same for you. He'll do the very same thing for you. Decisions are important. Decisions are important. You know, 
some of the mighty oak trees that we look at today. A little acorn, acorn fell to the ground, went into the ground, and it was a seed, and now it's a huge, big oak tree today. I want to be an oak tree for God. I want to stand tall, and when the winds and the storms come, I want to make the right decision every time. The indecision causes us to lose opportunities. It causes us many pains in many ways when we are in indecision. And if you're in indecision today, I ask God to help you make the right ones. Let me briefly give you some wrong decisions and then I'll, I'll show you some right decisions. Eve made the wrong decision in Genesis chapter 3. Her decision brought death. Lot chose Sodom and lost all he had. Ahab chose Jezebel. Much sin and wrong was involved. Samson chose Delilah. He lost his power and finally his death. The rich young ruler went away lost. The prodigal son left home and he went away into the mires of sin. We know later he came back, but look, look at the pain that he caused. Now let's look at some people that made the right choice. Moses made the right choice. Moses made the right choice, but then a time came. Moses got emotional because the people were fighting and angry. And he made a decision out of offense. When God told him to speak to the rock, he hit the rock with the, with the rod. It cost him not going into the promised land because he let his emotions cause him to make the wrong decisions. He had made right decisions prior. Solomon made the right choice. He chose wisdom and built the great temple. Joshua made the right choice. Daniel made the right choice. And then we see the prodigal son making the right choice. And then we see Saul, who became Paul, when he was knocked down on the road by the angel, he got up, made the right decision to serve Jesus. I want to ask God to give you peace. You know, I, I just feel this. I feel some of you have been so troubled. and You haven't tithed and you haven't given in a long time. Because you look at what you have and you say, there's no way possible. You know, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, so don't give out a compulsion. Don't give out of pressure. 
But as you purpose in your heart, what do you purpose in your heart to be a giver? Start somewhere sowing a seed. Let God give you peace to sow that seed. Sow that seed. Be a giver. And I want to ask God to give you peace. 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 Wonderful peace. Coming down from the Father I sense God's peace. I sense God's peace. I sense God's love flowing over you right now. I want us to just take a few seconds here while David is, Carpenter is playing behind me. And I want him to play just a minute as he does. I want us to just take some time just to rest in that peace right now just rest in that peace Let God's joy and peace come in our heart. 
If I trust somebody will connect with me and let me know how you've been blessed. We're on all of these different platforms ministering the Word of God just to bring you help, healing, and deliverance. And I trust somebody has received help, healing, and deliverance. One thing before I close, if you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, if your relationship is not right with God, say these words right now. Father in heaven, I give you my life. I surrender myself to you. I submit. I believe that Jesus died and arose the third day and is alive today. Jesus, I make you Lord of my life today. Amen. Now, I believe that. God loves you. I love you. You go in peace. Blessings to you.